What's up, church? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. We are so excited about this series. We're starting today called The Disciple. I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church. Please, please hit the share button. We want to get this message out to the world. We want to say hello to our campuses. Hello to our global family and everybody out there. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Listen, let's get on our knees. We're going to pray. Let's get it. Break it down. Break it down. Break it down. As always, God's going to challenge y'all, and uh, we are so excited. We're going to get ready, get our heart ready, get our knees on the floor, get our heart ready for what God's going to say. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for um, being patient with us week in and week out. Um, thank you for loving us more than we deserve. And I pray you challenge us, uh, push us out of our nest. Push us out of our comfort zone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's get the Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. On the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Turn to Matthew, first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. We have um, a significant group of Navy SEALs. Well, we have a Navy SEAL base here in San Diego and Navy SEALs in our church. And whenever I meet a Navy SEAL, I am in awe of them because of the training that they go through. I think it's six months of buzz and then they go through specialized training and the training is incredible. I mean, it's physical training, it's psychological training. They stay up for days at a time. Uh, they sleep deprivation, they, dr they dr drown themselves, and they learn how to undrown themselves. They, they learn how to shoot and all physical training and all, all the conditioning and all the things that they do to be amazing elite soldiers, warriors. And sometimes I'll meet people who say, under their breath, kind of, well, I'm a, I'm a SEAL, and I say, hey, where do you serve? And then they have nothing to say past that. In other words, they kind of went through the training, but they didn't make it, but they're trying to front like they're a SEAL. And you, if you ask them enough questions, you can catch them because they're not really there yet. As a matter of fact, they'll never be there. They, 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 they make it for some reason, but they try to act like they do. So they're, they're saying they're a SEAL, but they're not really a warrior. They're saying they're a SEAL, but they're not really on the team. But they're acting like they are. You can't be a SEAL and not be committed. You can't be a SEAL and not be in good shape. You can't be a SEAL and not be very well trained. You know, in the Bible, there was no difference between someone who was a follower of Christ and a disciple of Christ. Let me say it again. In the Bible, there was no difference between someone who was a follower of Christ and a disciple of Christ. And, and you ever hear people say God is, you know, he's, the, the church is the hope of the world. The church is not the hope of the world. The disciples of the church is the hope of the world. A building can't save people. An organization can't save people. A 501c3. And people just come to church every now and then aren't going to save a whole lot. But it's the disciples of the church. They're going to save the world. And there is a distinction between people who go to church and the disciples. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to be a disciple. And it's going to be something that you're going to either say, I either am one or I am not one. I've met so many guys 
over my years, I played in the NFL and, and guys who say, well, I played in the NFL and I, because that was my world, I'll say, so where'd you play? You, you go to training camp and I, and, I, and I know the tricks of people trying to fool people. So I know the questions to ask. So I say, where'd you go to training camp? And they'll go, well, I went here. And I said, did you get cut? Well, yeah, I kind of didn't. You never made the team. So you, so you didn't play then. You just, you, you just went to camp. You tried out, but you didn't make it. So you really didn't play. There are people who are fronting like that in Christianity. They say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, yeah, what, what, well, are you a disciple? Or do you just go to church? Do you just have a Bible? Do you just, you said a prayer at some point, but you're not walking with God. Are you a disciple? This is the question that I want all of you to be thinking about for this whole series. Either you are a disciple or you are not. Either you are a disciple. Look, look what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spoke. This is before Jesus left the earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And here's what he said to his disciples. This is before he, he, after he rose from the dead, he's getting ready to leave them. He's leaving the, the world to them. He says, go therefore and get people to come to a building. Go therefore and do little Bible studies. <clears throat> go therefore and get people to just help people in the community. Now, people who are disciples do those things. But he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go therefore and make disciples and then teach them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. Teach them to do what I said. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Amen. Now here's what you need to understand. If you read the Bible all the significant things done in the Bible pretty much were done, especially we're talking about the New Testament and Jesus' disciples, but all the significant things done in the Bible were done by someone who would be considered a disciple. And we're going to look at a lot of that now, but I want you to think about it because I assume you want to do something significant in the kingdom of God. I assume you just don't want to be a wallflower. Uh, matter of fact, you may not know what a wallflower is, but when you went to a party and people were dancing, hey, there were people who just stood on the wall. They, they were just like a flower. They, 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 they never danced. They just watched. They were spectators. You don't want to be a spectator? So if you want to do something significant in the kingdom, most likely you are going to do the most significant things in the context of you being disciple. Now, I'm not saying that if you're not in some strict regiment, God can't use you. However, if you are a disciple and being discipled and involved in discipleship, which means you're being discipled and you're going to disciple someone else eventually, you will do the most significant thing you can do in your life. So... Three things about discipleship. What's a disciple? One is a minister, someone who ministers. You identify, develop, and leverage the God-given gifts and talents to build the kingdom. First step of a disciple, you are going to use your gifts to build the kingdom of God. If you're a disciple, you are first a minister. And I, and I don't mean on staff of a church. You are serving the kingdom of God with your gifts. Number one. Number two, you mentor. You invest in someone else's discipleship journey. So if you're a disciple, you're ministering, you're, you're building the kingdom by your gifts, and you're mentoring, investing someone into someone else, and then multiply, you are empowering others to reproduce this process through their life. So you are turning your life into other people's doing the same thing. The reason I am here is because I was discipled. 
And the guy who discipled me, there were one, two, three, four of us, in, uh, three of us being discipled by one guy. So it was four of us total in this group. And he was pouring into us, not only in a Bible study context, but at our job. We, we watched each other and he modeled being a Christian at our job. We worked together and then we met together alone and then we did stuff together. And he modeled and transferred his life into us. So he was ministering to us using his gift. He was mentoring us and then he said, go. And here, now I'm doing the same thing. and have been for, you know, what, 30 something years. And so minister, you're serving, mentor, you're investing in someone else, multiply that someone else is now investing in someone else. That is the full circle of discipleship. Now understand this, there's a whole bunch of, I mean, it involves prayer, it involves Bible study and all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, it is one person transferring what God has given them into someone else. That's what Jesus did. We're going to see Jesus doing that here in a minute. But let me, let me read this list of, of these things. These are just a small list of things the disciples in the Bible did. Now understand the people who did the most significant things in the Bible were in some form of discipleship. Not only Jesus' 12, you're going to see, but they were in some form of ministering, mentoring, and multiplying. So I want you to check out this list. These are all people considered his disciples. And by the way, he describes disciples in different ways. It says it was his disciples who Jesus called his friends. John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you Friends, for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. He's talking to his disciples. He tells them things that are secrets. It was to his disciples that he considered his brothers, sisters, and mother. The Bible says, while he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside to speak with you. But Jesus answered and said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand towards his disciples and said, Here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven it is my mother and my sister and my brother. To, it was his disciples, he was said, are fishes of men. Matthew 4, 18. And Jesus said, walking by the sea, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net, for they were fishermen. Listen, it was with his disciples and to his disciples he involved in miracles. Matthew 14, 19, it says, He commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and he took five loaves and two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to his disciples. God is not going to, he's not going to as readily give you miracles, opportunities. If you're not one of his disciples, if you're not one that's serious about, I want to use my gifts, because it's going to be through your gifts that he does the miracle, by the way. I want to mentor someone else because I want to be selfless. And I want to multiply because I want to build the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man. It was the 70 that he gave power over demons and disease and sent them out two by two. Now, we're not talking about the 12 disciples. We're talking about the 70. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others and send them two by two before his face into every city and every place where he himself was about to go. Then he said, the harvest is truly great. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, send out laborers to the harvest. He sent them out ahead of them. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. It was the female disciples. What? Come on, ladies. It was the female disciples. And watch this. 
whom he trusted the resurrection news. Why? Because the dudes were running scared and hiding. It says, and now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on this. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And the guards shook for fear and became as dead men. The Roman soldiers, the Roman Navy SEALs, they were the best warriors on the planet. They dropped dead, but these women were strong and they stood there because they understood the spiritual things. And the angel answered and said to them, women, do not be afraid for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. And he said, come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and watch this. Tell the male disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is gone before you into Galilee and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. It was the disciple Peter who preached at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Acts 2.38, when Peter said, repent and let everyone you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 people got saved. And that was the same Peter who denied Christ. It was to his disciples that he assigned the writing of the New Testament. Acts 9.18, but the Lord said, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine. Speaking of Paul. A disciple. He's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So all these things, I can keep going, but all these things that the disciples, not just the 12, but the disciples all throughout the Bible of Jesus Christ in one way or another. And we're going to see God, Jesus, minister, mentor, and multiply. Get those three words in your head. Minister, are you using the gifts that God has given you? Do you know what your gifts are? Are you developing those gifts? Are you leveraging them to build the kingdom of God? What is your spiritual gift? Go to our website and type in spiritual gifts test and find out what your gifts are and then spend the rest of your life trying to use them, learning how to use them. Minister, we're going to see Jesus mentor Matthew. And then we're going to see Jesus multiply himself through Matthew. He's going to minister to Matthew, mentor Matthew, and multiply himself through Matthew. That's a disciple. This is Jesus showing us discipleship. So look what it says. Number one, mentor. Mentor, I mean minister means to leverage your gifts to build the kingdom of God. Do you know what your gifts are? Are you leveraging them to, to, to build the kingdom of God? If not, then what are you doing? I'm doing Bible study. Okay, you're getting information in your head. Or is that information turning into something to come to be expressed powerfully through your life? That's the point. That's the point. The reason we are here talking about Jesus is because Jesus uh, 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 developed disciples more than the 12. And then they developed disciples. And then they mentored and multiplied. And they mentored and multiplied. And here we are today. So here's Jesus. He's going to minister. He's going to express his gift of evangelism. He expresses his gift of love, expresses his gift of forgiveness, life transformation. He's going to walk by this tax office where Matthew is collecting taxes. Understand this. The tax officers, the tax collectors were hated. They were ripping off the Jews. They worked for the Roman government. It was legal to prevent them from going to synagogue because they were horrible people. They ripped people off. And this guy is in the act of ripping people off. And Jesus is going to walk by him and express unconditional love and call this guy out of his life to be transformed. Minister. 
The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, as Jesus passed by from on from there, he saw a man, Matthew, sitting at the tax office. And he didn't say, hey, man, how much Bible have you read? Hey, man, you know, uh, tell me what your sins are. Hey, man, um, have you been to, have you been to uh, uh, synagogue lately and temple lately? You know, no, no, he just said, follow me. Let's go. Follow me. He's using his gift of persuasiveness, his gift of love, his gift of, his gift of forgiveness, unconditional love. And guess what Matthew did? He got up and followed him. Now, here's the thing you have to understand. When you express the gift God has given you, when you express the gift God's given you, when you express the gift God's given you, things happen that you couldn't do on your own. That's, that, that, that's the difference between using your gift and living in your gift and operating your gift and not. Things are so much easier because it's God-powered. God's the one doing it. That's how he's expressing himself through you. And so as a disciple of Jesus, God created me, God created you with certain talents and gifts. And when I walk and use those and submit them to him, whoo, he does stuff. I was um, on vacation. And when I go on vacation, like, like I go on vacation. Like I know how to relax. I work like a dog. But then I relax. And one thing I do when I go on vacation my wife and I go every year, um, we go away for more than a week. And, you know, I get massage, I get, uh, uh, I get my feet, feet massage, I get, uh, and I got a petty, right, this Manny petty. I, I, didn't, I don't even think I needed one. My wife thinks my feet are nasty, but I just, I don't. But I say, okay, I'm going to go in there because it feels really good. So this lady's rubbing my, scrubbing my feet. And she's got this sandpaper. She's, and, you know, stuff is flying. And she got the, they, then I got an electric thing. <coughs> like a sand, electric sander. And she's on my feet. And I could tell something was wrong with her. She just looked sad. She, she, she didn't look up. She wasn't smiling. She wasn't talking. She was just kind of doing her thing. <clears throat> and right when we were done, and I'm looking at her like, for like 15 minutes, and she's just not talking. She's got her head down. And right when we get to the end, I said, uh, are you okay? How can I pray for you? And she was like, what? Like, if you ever ask people if you want to pray for them, they'll trip out because that's like not normal. When I say normal, it's not common. And so I said, hey, can I pray for you? And she was like, I said, you seem like there's something heavy on your heart. What can I pray for you? And let me tell you, she started talking about her family. She started talking about her kids. She started talking about she didn't know if she was in the right job. She didn't know what her purpose in life was. It just bleh. Now, this is someone who had hardly said anything to me for like a half, half an hour. And now all of a sudden, this stuff is coming out. And, and, and I said to her, you know what? Do you know that God created you with a gift, a certain talent? It's like, and if you're not using that talent, you're just going to hit your head up against a brick wall. Like if God made you a screwdriver and you're trying to hammer, and you're trying to hammer stuff, it's not going to work. But if you're a screwdriver and you turn things, it'll work. You have to understand what tool are you in the hand of God. Her eyes got this big. And I said, first you've got to find, and I told her, go to our website. You can find out what your gifts are. You have to know how God made you. 
And so what Jesus knows, hey, I'm here to call people who are lost so they can be found. That's what I do. That's what his job. Now, of course, he was multi-talented. He had all kinds of gifts. He did miracles. He got words of knowledge and all this kind of stuff. He knows prophetic gift. But in this particular case, he is calling someone lovingly out of their sin. And it works. So what's your gift? How is God supernaturally working through your life? Now, if, if you don't want to know, you'll, you won't know. And you'll just be, man, Christianity, I just got to go to church. They want me to serve. They want me to get money. Huh, boring. That's like boring. And, and religion, if that's what it is to you, I wouldn't want to do that either. But when you walk in the power of God, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Number two, mentor. Mentor means to invest in someone else's discipleship. Now, it's one thing for me to go preach. It's another thing for me to invest in someone's relationship with God and or their ability to preach. Their relationship with God and or their ability to be a pastor or as a leader, whatever it is. Whatever gifts I have, I can mentor in that. But mostly I have to be able to mentor people just in their relationship with Christ. Because everything I do in ministry, the foundation of it is my basic relationship with Christ. My Read my Bible, my prayer, my, my obedience, my fasting, et cetera. My giving, my serving. That's the foundation. And then God is going to build on the integrity of my relationship with him for me to minister. So I can mentor people in either one of those. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 9. In Matthew chapter 9, it says, uh, verse 9, it happened as Jesus sat at the table of the house. He went to Matthew's house. That behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Now, so Jesus got his disciples, but he's recruiting more. He's, he's mentoring his disciples that he already has. And then he's also mentoring this new disciple. And, and he said, Matthew, come from the tax office. And then he said, Matthew, I need to go to your house. As a matter of fact, invite your friends. So this is so cool. Jesus says, invite your sinner friends. There are a lot of y'all like, well, I go to church now. I can't hang out with those people. Well, uh, Jesus did. He got criticized for it. I'm going to read this again. He got criticized for it. But now, you don't want to hang out with people that are going to drag you down. But you definitely need to be around non-Christians. To the degree that you can impact them and then not impact you. If all you do is hang around with people who are like you, you're going to be kind of an ingrown religious self-righteous Pharisee. You, you can't lose touch with where you came from. And not only that, the light God put in you is to shine in darkness. Just like someone shined the light of God in your life. The Bible says, now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. So he had his disciples, he's saying, here's how you do it. He had his Matthew, his new disciple, here's how you do it. And when the Pharisees, the religious, when the Pharisees, the guys who thought they had it all together and they just hung around themselves, they weren't around non-Christian people, or I shouldn't say non, they weren't around non-religious people 
They weren't around common people. They separated. Matter of fact, Pharisees separated one. You don't want to be a Pharisee. And there are a lot of Pharisees in church, all churches, including this one, where y'all just think you know everything and you're right and everybody else is wrong. And eh, you need to hang around some wrong people. And then you can realize how, how more right you need to be and how much you love. So Jesus was that guy. So he's mentoring, saying, fellas, even though I'm the Lord, and y'all are still learning that, but look who I'm hanging around. And look how I'm treating those who are known sinners. Look how I'm treating those who the Pharisees are against. Watch what I'm doing. He's mentoring. He's modeling. He's illustrating in real life. Uh, it's one thing to have Bible studies. another thing to take your disciples and the people you have Bible study with out into the real world and live it in front of them, with them. This is what Jesus is doing. So it says, they say to Jesus, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus heard that and he said, those who are well have no need of a physician. You guys who think you're all that, you don't need me. Go ahead, just do your own thing. But those who are sick, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus is teaching and mentoring right in front of Matthew. To the, to the Pharisees, he's saying, he's, Matthew, watch this. Disciples, watch this. I didn't come for y'all. I came for them. He's telling them, here's how you deal with people like that who think they know all that. Don't waste your time. Just remind just everybody, you are here for them who are sick, who need help, who want help, who are struggling. But the people who are, think they got all that, you don't need to live up to their standard. You need to have compassion and come down to the people who are hurting and get on their level and love them. So first he ministered, then he mentored, and then he multiplied. This is awesome. And number three, he multiplied. Multiply means to empower others to reproduce this process, to do what you did. So in other words, here's Matthew, in the, here's Matthew at the table. And Jesus comes and says, follow me. He loves them. He's doing his ministry. He's, he's ministry. He's calling people out of their sin, calling people out of their darkness. Then he says, I want to show you how to do it. He's mentoring. He's modeling it right in front of them. And he's, and he's it's not only modeling how to love the sinners and the outcasts. He's also modeling how to deal with the self-righteous. And number three, we see Matthew now taking on a leadership role to spread the gospel. He wrote this book that we're reading from. This is a, the Matthew reading is written by the guy who was a sinner, a tax collector, and any of the Jews. But he was transformed and then mentored and set loose. The Bible says... In Acts, they, then they returned to Jerusalem from Mount, the Mount of Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they, were, where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew. James, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. But Matthew was there, and they continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women <laughs> and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. These were all the disciples. Acts chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. These were all the disciples. So all these people walk with Jesus. They learn. Jesus ministered to them. He mentored, and now he's saying, I'm leaving, and you're going to multiply. 
You're going to go do what I did, and you're going to take the gospel to the world. And Jesus sent it into heaven, and he sent the Holy Spirit to be with them because he said, I will not leave you as orphans. You will not be alone. So here we are today, 2,000 years later, and you are in church. For what? To be one of those disciples. Either you are or you aren't. Either you are or you aren't. Now I'm going to pray a prayer, and this is a prayer of discipleship. The prayer that you would say, I want to be a disciple. I want to minister. I want to know my gifts and serve. I want to mentor. I want to find somebody to be in my life that I can encourage or who can encourage me, at least in some kind of mentorship. And then I'm going to multiply. I'm going to be multiplied out by that person mentoring me or I'm going to invest in somebody that I send out. That we want you in that path. Now, if you want to get in a group, please text the word groups to 52525. Groups to 52525. We want to get you in a group so you can have a relationship with somebody. But I want to pray a prayer with you. And here's the prayer. Lord, I want to be a disciple. I want to be a disciple. That's the prayer. I mean, I'm going to pray it, but that's going to be the intent. So bow your heads, please, and close your eyes and think about these next few words. Dear Lord, I thank you for everybody watching. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this series. Holy Spirit, I pray that you stir people's hearts and that there's a transformation taking place in their heart right now, that they would go from church attenders to disciples. That they would go from fans to disciples. Pray this prayer with me. Pray, dear God, I want to be a disciple. I want to minister and serve the kingdom of God with my gifts. I want to be in some type of mental relationship. And eventually I want to multiply what you have given me into someone else. I surrender my life to you as a disciple. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the first step. Text groups to 52525, and we want to help you get in a group so you can start walking this path and we can walk with you. God bless you. See you next week. We're going to continue this series. God bless you.